Easy Sports Talk Show. I am one of your hosts, Javon J. Love Adams. And with me, as always, is a man who played not only professional baseball, but also played in the National Football League, a part of that first Super Bowl-bound team for the Atlanta Falcons. And he is a, an author, and he is also a, a motivational speaker. I'm talking about none other than my brother, Ed Easy Smith. What is good, my brother? Hey, just hacking through another week, man. Indeed, indeed. So it's been an interesting week. I wanted to step away. This is going to be, it's almost like I'm interviewing you today. So, cause, uh, with, with a couple of the topics that I have here. So a few things that I wanted to, to touch base with on you that I think will, uh, in, in your opinion on a little bit of the Super Bowl halftime show. So I want to get your opinion on that. But first off, mm-hmm. Hall of Fame, uh, third baseman, Brooks Robinson passed away yesterday. Uh, a man that has many, had many accomplishments. Yeah. Third baseman has, uh, because of his defense, he was really a defensive third baseman. Uh, they, his nickname was the Human Vacuum. Uh, played for the Baltimore Roy- Baltimore Orioles for the entirety of his 23 season uh, career. Two time World Champion, 16 consecutive Gold Gloves, 18 time All Star. Was named an AL MVP. 267 uh, career average, over 2800 over 2800 hits. And so I don't know if if. I've heard of Brooks Robinson, but I never really kind of dug deep into him. I remember, you know, you hear certain names of, of legends, uh, depending on the conversations that you're, that when you're listening to radio or watching, uh, a baseball broadcast or something along those lines. Your thoughts on him, but I wanted, but my most specific question is you were in your tri-state area, in your tri-state area, you were, you know, Mr. Mr. Everything. You played baseball, you played basketball, you played, uh, and you played football. What was it about baseball that you love? So talk about Brooks Robinson if you want, but I'm just curious about what made you, what was it about baseball that made you, uh, that attracted you to it? And maybe who were some of the players that, that you looked up to when you were, uh, when you were playing? Well, it's funny. The first uh, thing that came to my mind when I saw that uh, Brooks Robinson passed away yesterday, uh, my dad uh, used to call me Brooks. Okay. Uh, when I was a kid, it's funny. I played shortstop growing up, but for some reason, um, that's the dad, the, the, the athlete, uh, that my dad identified me at playing out in the field. I'm not sure whether that was one of his favorites when he was growing up, and he just kind of, you know, uh, but he would always tell me, you know, you, I had the glove like Brooks and you know, that stuck with me. And, uh, I remember when I got to high school, they finally moved me to third base and that's when it really kind of hit. Cause my dad would come watch me play professionally and I'd make a play out in the field and, you know, he'd, uh, you know, sometimes tell me, yeah, that's how Brooks used to do it. I'm like, why, well, you know, I never personally got a chance to see Brooks Robinson play, but that's the person he identified me with. So always, uh, very cool to hear that. And it was sad to hear, uh, that Brooks had passed yesterday. Uh, my love for the game of baseball, um, I don't know where it came from. I remember the first time we moved to Browns Mills from Trenton, New Jersey, when I was four and a half years old in the summer. I remember the first time. We passed the baseball field, and it was in the sun that very summer that we were I had moved to Browns Mills. And as we saw the kids out there playing, and my dad uh, saw me get so excited in the car, we turned around and went back to the field. And mm. we got out of the field, me and my brother and my dad, and we stood and watched. And we just were just watching the baseball. And I remember telling my dad, I want to play, I want to play. And I was like I said, I, was, I had just turned five years old. 
And he was like, well, I think it's too late now, but we'll get you in there next year. And I remember just being so anxious, so anxious all the way from that summer to the very next, um, you know, through fall, winter. And I remember being so excited when he finally told me that he had signed me up that following summer for baseball. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, that was, that was a sport that, and we could do it with the other ones too. You know, you know how we were back in the day, kids, we would go out and we would grab a ball, go up to the, the, the high school, you know, to the junior, not the junior high, but the middle school, whatever, play basketball, We'd get get kids together. We'd play football on the street, but we also played baseball in the backyard. And we were so ins- uh, obsessed with baseball, we used to have to keep our own stats. We had a book. <laughs> we did. I used, to we do kind a- of that. I used to kind of do some of that stuff when I would play pickup basketball games. Like, yeah, I average I average uh, eight assists today. On yeah. <laughs> we had a book, and when you got a hit, you marked it in the book. And you know, we had all these statistics and stuff like that. And I just kind of. Um, gravitated to baseball more than I did, uh, even, f- you know, especially football. Basketball, I think if I would have been taller or faster and quicker, you know, to be a ball handler, a mm-hmm. true ball handler, I yeah. think basketball might have been my first love, but baseball was it for me that, because that was the, the sport that I had all the gifts in, I, I felt like, and really shined in. And, you know, over the years, I didn't even play football. I played one year of football when I was eight. Didn't really like it that much. I left that, but I never left baseball. Baseball was always my thing. I did it, you know, any chance I could. And when it came time, man, I, that was the sport that was for me. A lot of people talk, tried to talk to me in the football. Um, I even got letters for baseball, but uh, ba- ba- or basketball, I should say. But football, you know, just like I said, didn't stick with me. Baseball was that thing, man. I loved it from the time I was a little boy. I was ashamed. I was not saying I was sad when the sport, the business of the sport, finally took the love from me. Yeah, and, you know, went the other route. But man, I always and you know, I, I sometimes feel that nostalgia. But baseball. You know, like I said, that was my thing back in the day. It seems like, because, yeah, when you, that, when the business side of it, it seems like that still has a lasting, the, the residue of that is still there in some way. Bitterness, when yeah. I When I hear, when I hear you talk about baseball, like the love and there's that, there's that line of demarcation that, that seems to be there. Well, I feel like it was taken away from me for all the wrong reasons, meaning, you know, it was one thing if my career ended because I just didn't have the talent, the things that took the game away from me, uh, political side of it, steroids, different things like that. That's what kind of leaves a sour taste in my mouth because I yeah. know for a fact that I was good enough to play in the big leagues compared to a lot of guys that I saw go up the ladder. And it wasn't because of talent. It was because of all the other things, you know, um, yeah. you know, being drafted and traded from prospect to suspect, the steroid error, the strike situation, all those things were the things that, kind of you know made me want to leave the game of baseball not because I didn't have the talent to play it that's what really irks me in the end now and again if for those listening you can go to edsmithspeaks.com and Ed, as I mentioned is an author so he has his book easy does it the journey of a lifetime and so which he kind of chronicles you know his you know his 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 journey and his, you know that from birth to, to up to the point of writing that book but I'm curious it the when you're when 
when when you were do you remember that first at bat when you were like your your let's say the first at bat when you played varsity uh, or the the or even on the field or maybe even the first time that you the first time that you that you uh stepped into the batter's box once you were drafted and you were playing do you remember those moments do, do you look back on those fondly as well do you remember some of those things how you felt well, and what was going on and the grass and all that stuff I you know I don't remember specifically like the first time I stepped in the box. I do remember uh, certain hits. I remember the first time I hit a home run over uh, the, the the fence when I was you know uh, twelve years old. I think it was okay. How, okay, you you got to let me know how that feels because I've never dunked a basketball. I've I've made some cool passes. I've made an occasional game winning pickup shot, right? But I've never hit a home run. What's that? What's that feeling? And I'm sure your dad was was uh, in attendance when you did that. Yeah, it was shock and surprise to be honest with you, because you know up until that point, you know I'd hit a few balls off the fence, and I was always a good hitter. I mean, I used to lay them out, but the very first time I was off my one of my good friends to this day, Bobby Drake, I took him oppo twice in a game back to back, and I just remember the first one. It was like everybody was like, "Oh my god," you know, because it just didn't happen. We had the fences at two twenty five, like they they are, and like I said, it was one of those things, man. It was just like I hit it. It's like, wow, that looks like it was going a little further than the other one. And it just kept on going. And then I did it again the following game. And this was in championship games, championship series. And then the next day in the second game of the three-game series, I took this guy, Derek Joseph, out the over left field. I yanked this one. And to this day, because every now and then I go home and I bump into certain people, he's in that group sometime. And I remind him of that, 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 that time. And he swears it never happened. I'm like, Derek, I I remember like it was yesterday. He swears he's a little lefty, you know, he's a little crack. And I, to this day, I'm like, Derek, I know I got you. I remember, you know. But I'll tell you what, the, the, the game I remember the most in my life, my mom had taken me to an all-star game I was pitching in, and my brother was playing across town. And I started, I was pitching, I started pitching, and she, first batter of the game hit a ground ball back to me, threw him out at first base. Then... I proceeded to strike out the next 17 batters. Wow. And my mom, mom said something told her to like stay at that game because she knew she wanted to go see my brother. And she's like, something just told me I just, I just need to stay here and watch this. And she's like, I didn't even realize what was, what was happening. And in the end, I struck out 17 out of 18 batters for a no hitter. And she was, and that was one of those ones, you know, that's one of those games of legends in, yeah. uh, that, you know, people will sometimes bring up and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I did that, you know, so, and I have other, you know, I have other instances and uh, stuff like that, but that one, those three things kind of really stick out to me. Looking to visit your favorite NFL football team this year, anywhere in the world, including the UK and Germany? How about NCAA bowl games or championship games? Well, reliable travel planners with their free travel advisor services can find you packages that can get you where you want to go. Travel packages include game tickets, hotel accommodations, and much more. Book a package by September 30th and receive a promotional $50 towards your package. Call Robert at 623-777-4677 or visit ReliableTravelPlanners.com 
slash form slash easy sports. Uh, easy sports talk show, Javon Adams, Ed Smith. We do it twice a week, three, three times a week, you know, three times a week on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Uh, so make sure you tell a friend about what we have going on here. You can go to easy sports talk.com, easy sports talk.com. We also do the believe in the Arizona Cardinals podcast. We do that twice a week on Mondays and Thursdays. It's going to be Friday this week because, uh, I'll be traveling a little bit on, uh, on Thursday, but we'll get it in first thing Friday morning for y'all. And then also, uh, we have edsmithspeaks.com that we, uh, that you need to make sure that is in your life if you want Ed to come and speak for you. And maybe he can do a speech about, uh, you know, people, the, these, these, leaders of these leaders of young men uh getting getting it right and what i'm talking about here is another example here there was a a story that came about a coach that uh you know coaches used to be pillars of the community is kind of what i put on our our run sheet here today because there's an ohio uh, high school coach resigns after team's nazi play call so it was a team they were playing a team that uh playing a jewish school and so when you think about you know Jew, jewish and you know nazi and, and hitler and all those things and the in turn you know the camps and all that and so they some of the play calls were nazi play calls that they were doing and so you can imagine how how frustrating how angry that can make not only the kids but the parents and and just just insensitive um maybe this is how that coach has always been i'm sure that things like that don't just aren't by happenstance this is probably somebody's uh character and so anyway he resigned but i want you you know we you know your your son is your youngest son is is you know playing sports i my kids played sports thankfully uh when they were playing youth football they were the the team their their coaches their coach they were with the same organization all the way through and they were men of character the head coach was a man of character the all the coaches on the various levels they they were they were respectable um, and, and when I, I remember when I coached on the youth level with, uh, for basketball, I wanted to make sure that I was trying to, trying to pour into trying to be a bucket filler, not a bucket dipper, so to speak with my kids and try to teach them sportsmanship and understand, you know, we're going to play hard when wins or losses or whatever. Yeah. I want to win cause I'm competitive, but we're going, but we're going to do things the right way. And I think that, and I would like to think that hopefully that some of that rubbed off on some of those kids and the parents could see that, that, that I wasn't some guy that was out of control or just, or was, was going to be a negative influence on their, on their, uh, their child. But your thoughts on this story are just in terms of, because we see this a lot more these days where just the competitive or just the contentious nature of of parents in the stands, of coaches, just uh, whether on high school, youth sports, college, heck, and even pro, that just, that aren't setting the example of what you think a leader should be able to do. You know, I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. Yeah, I don't know where things changed, when or where things changed. Jay, I, you know, I remember our high school coaches, you know, and they were, you know, a lot of them were gym teachers at at the schools, and now some of these coaches, they're not part of a community. They're actually just paid, uh, you know, coaches. They're not even part of. And some of it's because the way the the system is set up, where students don't even have to go to the school in their neighborhood or community yeah. now. They're yeah, you know, they're almost like hired hands. And you lose that, that feel of, you know, like I remember I'd see my, my coaches from every sport throughout the day, uh, whether it was, you know, I'd see a baseball coach in football season or a football coach in baseball season, you know, they were always there. They were always around to direct us and, um, kind of 
guide us through our day and be there as part of our lives. I don't know if that's happening now. And these coaches, you know, maybe the connection is lost. And, you know, for something like this to happen in this day and age, I mean, like when does stupidity become a lack of an excuse, you know? It's like how how dumb do you have to be to think that – you know, hey, we're going to use this terminology and it's going to be funny and nobody's going to take offense to it. You know, I'm not sure where the disconnect has happened, but yeah, I just don't feel that that closeness that we used to have um, with the, our, you know, like all of my, the, my coach and my coaches are still alive to this to this day and you know they follow us on the show you know they reach out to us on the web on the Facebook page when we're doing the show and stuff like that these are men that I mean I hold in such high esteem and like I said I'm just not sure if there's the connection is still there and these coaches because it's not about the connection anymore and it's about the money in most instances because some of these coaches make a good you know deal of money just being a coach not even necessarily being a teacher and part of of the community and maybe that's where the disconnect is coming because i just don't understand how stupid um some of these individuals can be these days when you do stuff like that and it's interesting because I remember the the words matter and the way you treat people matters, right? And and there are things that maybe somebody says to you when you when you're young that that sticks to you. It's one of those negative things that just sticks with you, even though there's all kinds of positive things that people say to you as well. Hopefully, the positive things far outweigh the negative. But I can remember uh, I was coaching. It was it was uh, I think there was ten year olds, ten eleven year olds, whatever it was, and. And there was this kid that came in and he just was afraid to shoot. He was afraid to shoot. So this is basketball, afraid to shoot the ball. And I remember we were running a play and he had the ball and he had a wide open shot and he, and he didn't, and he didn't uh, take the shot. So I stopped practice and I said, look, man, I don't care if you make it. I said, I want you to make it. I don't care if you make it. I don't care if you miss it, but I want you, I don't want you to be afraid to take that shot. Take the shot. If you miss it, we'll figure out how, what, what you can do better next time we'll do that but i need i want you to believe in yourself right and i you know wasn't paying too much attention to it but i want to try to build build them up because it doesn't matter if it's basketball or if it's a math assignment or a science assignment but if you but but know that you can do it try it you might fail but that's okay we learn as we go so we were in a game uh that the following uh on that on that upcoming weekend same thing. He has a wide open shot, takes the shot, makes it. You would have thought we won the championship. I jumped up so high and I was so happy. And he turned, he looked at me and he smiled. Those are the things that a coach can do that, that to, and, and then the negative side as well. If you have coaches that are really trying to build a negative, negative energy, negative culture where they're cheap shotting after the whistle or, or where they're, they're encouraging all the, the, uh, the, the, uh, the trash talk and all those things. That's what a coach can influence as well. And I think it's important that to not just have your Johnny or your, your Johnny or your Jenny playing on these teams because of the wins that they can amass, but it's also what they're learning when they're in those environments as well. Yeah. And I look back and, you know, some of my fondest moments are, you know, the coaches that encouraged me and not just because I was a great athlete because they thought enough of me as a, as a young man. And, you know, and they, they also looked at after the, the great ones look after the kids that aren't the stars on the team as well. And yeah. that's what you did in that instance, you know, um, you know, I, 
man, I can't say enough how – and whenever I see my coaches, Coach Brower, Coach Mills, Coach Engling, um, these dudes and a, and a plethora of others, but whenever I see these dudes, man, it's like, I, you know, I, I just got to give them a hug. One of the coolest things I got to do uh, a few years ago was uh, because I played in the Super Bowl, they gave each of us a ball. I have one here in the house that we were able to dedicate to our high school um, so it was a golden football, and I got to go back, and the coaches that really meant something to me, they all came back and were part of that um, uh, ceremony at the high school, um, in the gym, and on the field on the game on Saturday. And, you know, I, that just means so much to me that uh, I still have that relationship with those gentlemen and, um, you know, how much they think of me as well. And it's it always strikes me how your fondness of Coach Reeves when when you talk oh, about him yeah. and how and what and the, even though hardline stands on certain things, sorry Ed, I gotta I gotta find you. This is what I gotta do. You might not you might not love him in that in that particular moment, <laughs> but you still respect him because of his consistency and what he does to be to treat you to treat you as an equal based upon the your merit. And here's what the rules are: I'm gonna hug you, I'm gonna love you up, but make sure you pay that fine too, dog. Yeah, and that was you know that was cool to have that type of love for a coach at the professional level. That is so odd, man, because that that's it's all about business performance, et cetera, et cetera. And some of those coaches they could care less about you personally, but Coach Reeves did, and that was you know that was like having a high school coach. He was like having a high school coach. You you felt that kind of endearment toward him, and you know you didn't want to disappoint him. And, you know, we'll talk about something on Saturday, I think, about the the way the uh, uh, Denver Broncos quit on, <laughs> on Sean Payton. Yeah, that, was, that was a sense of them showing him what they really felt about him. Because yeah. you don't do that. Like, for if, if that something like that was happening on the team I was playing with, and they would say it was a team that Coach Reeves was coaching, I would have been the one to say, look, I don't know, and I'm not even a, a star of the team. I would have put everybody on front because we can't embarrass this man for what he's done for us, you know. But if you don't care, you just don't care because you don't, you know, you don't care about embarrassing that dude because that that you don't have that love for him. So that that said a lot to me, the fact that they just laid down and could care less uh, about that performance. Stressed with your mind racing? Wish you could turn it off in a moment? Introducing Fair Relief the drug-free portable device that resets your stress in seconds. Verilief uses unique technology to stimulate the vagus nerve around your ear, kick-starting your body's natural relaxation. Place it under your ear, on your neck, and feel a soothing internal buzz. Clinically proven and backed by multiple studies, Verilief enhances mental resilience. Whether it's for sleep, daily challenges, or big events, face life with clarity. Test its power with a 60-day money-back guarantee. The Bear Relief Mini at $199 or the Prime at $399. Don't let stress dominate. Embrace relaxation with Bear Relief. Discover more at GetBearRelief.com. That's GetBearRelief.com. And for easy sports talk listeners, use code EZVR12 at checkout for a special discount. Bear Relief. The bridge to serenity. Easy sports talk, the easy sports talk show. Uh, so leave me with this. So do you remember when you were playing in the Super Bowl who the halftime, what the halftime show was? Do you remember? I remember, I remember the, um, uh, national anthem for the okay. halftime show. God. Who was national anthem? Who was that? Who did national Cher. anthem? 
We okay. Had share. Oh, and I was, oh. bro. Wow. See, I was about, you know, all right. You know. <laughs> I was, hey, but imagine this, bro. I'm about, I was about, I was right near the 50 yard line when they were doing the anthem. So I was probably about 20, maybe 15, 20 yards from her. Yeah. And when she hit that last note and those uh, jets came over the top, bro, yeah. heart car could have jumped out of my chest. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I would have rather had Whitney, but Cher did quite a good job. <laughs> <laughs> so I so one of my, one of my favorite Prince, I think Prince did a really good job. Um, I was, you know, I was geeked. I was so geeked that I ended up getting way too drunk for the, uh, for the G Funk, uh, <laughs> halftime show. Uh, but, but Usher has been named as the, the uh, Super Bowl halftime performer. There are a lot of folks that some folks, it's what does Bomani Jones say? Kind of two Americas, right? You got the two Americas because some people were hoping that Taylor Swift would, Taylor Swift turned it down. So I know who Taylor Swift is, but I don't really know her songs except for maybe one song. So I'm, cause I'm not in that universe, that world. I just don't listen to that stuff. Right. There were so, but I'm, but I would never say that she doesn't have enough songs to be able to carry, let's say a, a halftime show. There were people saying that Usher is a one hit wonder. And that he had doesn't have enough. Usher got a catalog, dog. I, I was sitting here yeah. with, with my wife just the other day, the day that it was the day after it was announced, and I was just going through and we were just playing stuff. Oh, he could do that one. He could do this one too. He could do this one. He could do that one. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you want to go, if he wants to go super pop, he could do this one. So many that he can do. But I just want your thoughts on on Usher being the halftime performer. I think it's going. I think he's going to knock it out of the box because he is a performer. Yeah, he's an entertainer, and I think he's going to do a great job. The other thing is, who will he bring with him as well? Yeah. Him and his friends. Yes. He's got a cat. I mean, you can get some, uh, uh, most, um, uh, you get Lil John, you can get Ludacris. Luda, that's what I was thinking of, Luda. Yeah. I mean, he could turn this thing out. And I think there's something that we should, and we might want to do our investigation on this, but I'm almost 90% positive, Jay. The, when they get these entertainers to do the show, they're mm-hmm. not paying the entertainers to no, do the they're show. No, what you're the hoping. Entertain- back in the day, when they were still, and when they were still, most of the album sales were based upon physical sales. You mm-hmm. would see an increase in your in your sales. Your sales would go through the roof because people were saying, "Ooh, yeah. I didn't know that artist," or "Man, I need to go and get repurchase some of that person's catalog." Mm-hmm. Now the streams go up, and you need a whole lot of streams in order to be able to make it worth your while. But still, it's 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 he's in Vegas in his residency, so that may be able to help with uh, with continue to having that sold out. So there are different benefits that can come from it. But you're right. Yeah, and you know, I'm I'm thinking this right now because I'm not a Taylor Swift fan. I think she's overhyped. I, I'm, you know, sorry Me too. for you. Me too. Yep. Sorry for you. Sorry about for you, Taylor Swift people out there. But can you imagine going to asking her right now to do something for free, or to, to, to you know, when she feels like she's on top of the world? And I'm not saying you know that's true. That's yeah. true. They say ain't going out there and doing nothing for free unless you putting something in their pocket right now. That's Brad, true. You know, so. You know, the thought of getting somebody like her, and I'm not saying Usher's doing it for, you know, but I think they actually come out their own pocket to a certain degree. So, yeah, so, you know, I mean, I think he's a great choice, and I think he's going to entertain us. We've seen some of these previous groups that have done it as, like, they get out there and just play some songs, or they got some dolphins on the stage or something (laughs) stupid like that, you know. I think Usher... (laughs) That was Katy Perry, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think Usher's going to get out there and do his thing and actually entertain everybody, and that's what it's all about. It's about entertainment. So, you know, hey, stop hating. 
Just the same way that uh, during that G Funk one, and of course I'm talking about the the Dr. Dre one, Dr. Dre and Snoop. There was I, I know that there was so many uh, black folk just around that television because it was like that at my house. And I, before I ended up passing out, I did enjoy it. And I know it's going to be the same when it comes to Usher this time around as well. With uh, with with women and shoot men, men alike, men and women just going to be chilling, just waiting for what, what song is he going to play next? So it's, it should be mm-hmm. it should be real yeah. cool. And for anybody, like I said, instead of um, like hating on the man, go check like you did. Check out the ca- the catalog. Go ahead and man. pull up and listen. I bet you'll be bobbing your head while you're sitting there going through all the stuff. Indeed, indeed. So that, on behalf of the one and only Ed Smith, I am Javon Adams. E- the Easy Sports Talk Show. We do it again three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Go to EasySportsTalk.com, EasySportsTalk.com, and you can make sure to uh, to stay on top of what we got going on. Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. The uh, the Our Thursday episode will actually be Friday. We do that twice a week on Mondays and Thursdays. And then also uh, you can go to EdSmithSpeaks.com, EdSmithSpeaks.com. You can order that his book, Easy Does It, the journey of a lifetime so make sure you do that and as we always like to say around this time are you can <laughs>